Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing my go-to system to help school business leaders manage interruptions. Interruptions are a necessary evil in the life of SBLs, but there is a way that you can deal with them that will help you to be more efficient and set some very important boundaries. We might not be able to stop people saying, have you got a minute when you clearly haven't, or can you just when you clearly can't, but we can stop people hoovering up our time and dumping things on our to-do lists. And I'm going to tell you how right now. The first thing you need to ask yourself is this, what's been happening? Where has this overwhelm come from? Have you ended up taking on jobs that aren't yours and now there's so many of them it's become unbearable? Is it saying yes to too many people at once to be helpful and to show that you're part of the team? Is it not being able to say no, even though you know you should, but you're worried what people will think if you do? Is it because you're worried what will happen if you say no, like someone might be confrontational or try and undermine you in some way? Is it not feeling able to delegate? Maybe it's one of those things, maybe it's a combination of all of those things. It doesn't matter. All of these things require one solution, boundaries. You need to define them, establish them and maintain them. By setting boundaries, not only will you feel more confident, you'll be able to hold others to account in terms of them doing their actual job, meeting their own deadlines and not getting away with dumping on you. I don't know about you, but I used to be afraid to say no as I thought that saying yes would make people see me as more valuable, more efficient and part of the team. But what we're really doing when we do this is making our time less valuable, ourselves more inefficient and likely carry members of the team who should be pulling more of their own weight. Now, I know school business leaders, we're programmed to fix and firefight any issues that come our way. But if staff constantly come to us with something to fix and we do it, we don't realise that we're not making things better. Instead, we're inadvertently creating a situation where people don't feel that they have to keep to deadline or to plan appropriately because we're just going to swoop in and save the day. Well, let's knock that one on the head right now. Here's a three-step process to help you get started with boundary setting. Step one, create structure in as many parts of your role as you can. And there's three elements to this. The first element is looking at what you do. What does your job require of you? So you can get clear on what isn't required. The second element is how you do it. So is it all you or is it something that can be delegated? Or does it need input from other people? You need to know this so you can organise and arrange meetings and diary follow-ups accordingly. And the third element is when you do it. What are your deadlines? You need to know this so you can prioritise your tasks and your time. So those three elements again of creating structure in your role is what you do, how you do it and when you do it. The second step of the boundary setting process is this. Look at what you've written and compare it to your current to-do list. How many things are not your priority, not your job, not doable without support or input from other people. Step three, come up with a plan to deal with everything that you've listed. For the tasks that aren't your priority, review the deadlines and prioritise accordingly against your core role and tasks and communicate those revised deadlines to the relevant people. For anything that you feel shouldn't be your job, pass it to the person whose job it is or if it's a political situation that may need some sensitive handling, discuss this with your head to see what can be done and how it should be handled. For tasks that need input or support from others, 
email or arrange a meeting with the person so you can let them know what you need and you can make clear that the task can't be completed until you receive that information from them. Make this decision about everything on that list. Once you've reviewed your role and responsibilities and you've tidied up your to-do list and you've decided where those boundaries are, the next step is to educate other people about your boundaries. Because when you start setting them, people are going to try and push back and continue to give you jobs that aren't yours and ask you to do things that they should be doing. And one way that they're going to do this is through ad hoc requests. It could be in person or it could be by email. So you're going to need a system to help you deal with those too. And you're going to do this by establishing a language that clearly communicates your boundaries to others in a variety of situations. Now, after giving up on a do not disturb sign, which was very rarely effective, I used what I call the triage system. And what that system is, is about establishing a set of actions that you can designate to every possible interruption. And you can decide what you'll deal with immediately, what you'll make a note of to pick up at the next opportunity, and what can wait. And maybe that you would ask the person interrupting you to either come back later, or you could tell them you'll go and find them, you could ask them to send you an email, or you could direct them to speak to another member of staff. So when someone comes in, get to the point as quickly as you can so you can triage appropriately. This way, everyone feels heard, you're available to deal with anything critical, and anything non-urgent can be redirected as appropriate. Also, making people take ownership of these non-urgent issues can be powerful over time as you're training them to solve their own problems. So use this method to get you out of the habit of taking everything on and saying yes to things on the bounce. Also, when you use this method and you're polite yet direct, it trains people to be more respectful of your time. So what language can you use that clearly creates boundaries for others? Here's some examples. And you can use this in person or in email. Number one. Of course, I'll look at this in more detail and let you know when I can get this done by. So you're not being forced into making a decision on the bounce. You're not being given a deadline. You are taking control of it. Number two. I understand that this is a priority for you, but if I do this before this and that, then it's going to create a conflict and it means that something won't get done. I'm afraid this is going to have to wait, but I'll get to it as soon as I can. So you're managing expectations. You're saying, I acknowledge this is important to you. I will get to it and I'll do it as soon as I'm able, but it won't be right now. Now, depending on who's asking and what the task is, you might say, if it's somebody like your head teacher, what would you like me to do first? Or if it's somebody who you feel uncomfortable saying no, or actually you'll have to wait, in essence, you might say, I'll check this out with the head and see how they would like me to deal with this. Another phrase that is useful is, I can see why you've asked me about this, but it's actually another person's job. I'll pass it on or you should pass it on. This way you're redirecting them to an appropriate person and also making sure that one less thing lands on your desk. Another phrase, from what you've said, I'm not clear exactly what's involved. Can you please explain it to me in more detail so I can prioritise accordingly? That's for the hit and runs. That's for the people that run in. Uh, can you just do this and you feel that you should say yes, so you do. And then they leave very quickly and you're left with this task and you're thinking, I don't even know where to start. Don't say yes, just automatically. Ask them for more information. And then it may be that it is you. It may be that it isn't you. And you'll also know where to put it on the priority list. Another phrase. I'm working on something else at the moment, but I'll ask one of my team to look at this and get back to you if we need more information. So again, you're managing expectation. 
I know the phrase. I've taken this as far as I can with the information that I have, so I'm going to pass this back to you, and when you've done your bit, we can get together and discuss what the next step should be. That is one for the piles of stuff on your desk that people have passed on to you, out of sight, out of mind, and you're looking at it thinking, I can't do anything else with this until another person does what they need to do. So give it back to them. If they can see it, they're more likely to do something with it. Another phrase. This task has been on my list for a while now, but I can't complete it until someone provides me with this information. When I've got what I need, I'll let you know when I can get it done by. So again, you're not chasing your tail, you're managing expectation, and you're making it clear what the information is that you need to actually get the job done. Another phrase. I've got a number of deadlines that I'm working to right now, and if you leave this with me, it just won't get done in the time that you've specified. If it can wait, that's great, but if not, it might be quicker to either do this yourself or ask someone else. Again, managing expectations. You're happy to help, but there's only so much help that you can give to so many people. So you're giving them a choice. If they really want you to do it, if it matters that it's you doing it, if it isn't on a deadline, then that's great. But if it is, you can redirect them. You've given them some other options in terms of where they can get that job done. Now, to make this triage system work, the one thing that setting boundaries requires from you is consistency. You need to draw that line and you need to stick to it because if you let someone back past it, they are going to try and push that line further and further back until you're back where you started. Now, you don't have to go into work and suddenly announce your new boundaries. You don't have to start shouting no to everyone who crosses your path. You don't have to become a whole new person overnight. Just start with this plan and try out some of the phrases that I've mentioned and see how it feels. Because by doing this, you're educating others about your boundaries. The more consistent you are, the more those around you will gradually learn and start thinking before they ask you for something, making the whole process a little less scary and a lot more manageable. Now, the truth is, by us taking on as much as we do, staff don't have consequences when it comes to missing a deadline or planning ahead. Why should they when they know you'll fix it or pull a rabbit out of a hat? Some things are genuine accidents or miscommunication, but you know the staff I'm talking about, the ones who never do anything right or on time. By setting boundaries, you are being clear on the scope of your role and your accountability whilst holding them to account for their role too. Brene Brown, one of my favourite authors, says, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. I say, let them be disappointed. Let them see that you are not a doormat. Your time should be respected and with appropriate boundaries in place, you will get the job done. A stressed out school business leader isn't good for your school and it is not good for you. So by setting boundaries, not only will your workload improve, so will your well-being. Choose you and don't apologise to anyone for it. If you've listened to this episode and you're ready to give this system a go, but you have some questions, then get in touch. My contact details are in the show notes on my website at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. And if you've tried this system and you have some feedback to share, I'd love to hear that too. If you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. This show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.